Hello, this is Peter Davison, and you're listening to Discussing The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and I am going to start this episode by welcoming back the one, the only, Lee Shackelford. Mr. Shackelford, my friend, how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. But I, I do feel s- sort of um, sort of wobbly here, like we're on a bicycle instead of a tricycle. Uh, Weird. Yeah. Rather be wibbly. Than wobbly. (laughs) But then again, I I can't ride a bicycle, so there you go. So (laughs) I literally can't. That's no joke. I can't ride a bicycle. Interesting. But and you're not you don't have dyspraxia, so I do not. I have Kyle was probably a spoiled brat kid that did not want to ride his bicycle and was determined not to learn. Seriously. Gotcha. Yeah. Can you swim? I can indeed swim. That I can do. Yeah. But I cannot ride a bike. Interesting. So between the two of us, no, I can't swim at all. I, I, I'm great at going straight down in Yeet. the water. But um, yeah, uh, no, but I can ride a bike like nobody's business. So between mm. us, we got it covered. And since he's not here, I'm going to speculate that Clarence is somewhere riding a bike in the water. There you go. He can do everything. Indeed he can. But But he's not with us tonight. And that's why I said I feel like we're a bicycle instead of a tricycle. It's um, Ah. Yes. It all makes sense. But you know what doesn't make sense? (laughs) The King of Segway says it doesn't make sense that there are so many unresolved Doctor Who plot threads. Or maybe it does make sense because the show has been around since 1963. That's what we're here for. I was intrigued by this idea that um, we, we keep uh, dissing on Chris Chibnall, but he, he did claim that as showrunner, he was going to bring mystery back to Doctor Who. And I, I think as we've been talking, I've realized that this is a way in which he, he may have succeeded because we can complain about all the wild ideas he's had and absurd loose ends he left angry. But the truth is, once I started thinking about it, that's always been Doctor Who. So... You know, including the title of the show. It has always been full of mystery and, um, you know, unclosed uh, loose ends and things like that. So, yeah, I said, let's let's talk about that. You you know what that reminds me of? Being Hmm. behind the scenes talking to you. And we always bring up relativity here, but I think this is a good example. And let's bring it close to home here. Hmm. You made reference to knowing how relativity would start and relativity would end. But along the way, the journey shifted a little bit, did it not? That's true. That's true. So if you look at it from that perspective, too, you were a writer producing something that was live at the moment for you. It was an, you know, it was a live living story that was unfolding as you wrote it. 
mm-hmm. putting ourselves back, as our friend Lewis Trapani says, put yourself mindset of the episode you're watching, but put yourself mm-hmm. in this time in the mindset of the people who are writing it, producing it. They're not anticipating in 1965 that we're going to be sitting here and discussing what they did in 1965. Exactly. And, and so we know that is the uh, IRL explanation for a lot of these things. And, you know, uh, and so that's given. But I, but if we want to play the game, if you will, of the canon of Doctor Who and assume that it, there actually is a credible explanation for all of these things, then we have to acknowledge there's some there's some big questions that have been asked in the past that have never been answered. So, yeah, let's talk about that. So does this mean that we are actually devoting an episode to defending Chibnall? Because in a way, we are, (laughs) believe it or not. We are defending Chibnall by bringing out examples of the past. That's right. But for I have a question for you, my friend. If there are anyone listening who saw the episode title for this particular episode and got curious and are listening to us for the very first time, what would you say to them? Oh, what we always say. I would say that, uh, you know, we know that you got a lot of other things you could be doing. And we really appreciate the fact that you're spending this time with us. Uh, You didn't have to. Indeed, indeed. And in addition to that, if you are listening to us for the very first time, or if you have been with us from the very beginning, whatever you are listening on, whether it be Apple Podcast, whether it be Stitcher, whether it be Amazon Music, whatever the case may be, go and leave us a review. We would definitely appreciate it, and we will read it on an upcoming show. So for everyone listening, if you have not seen any of Doctor Who, guess what? Go out, watch it. There are episodes out there. You can find it, watch it, come back, because chances are, from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? Well, spoilers. And I killed Sparky, too. Alrighty, my general spoiler warning has gone out, and we want to give a quick disclaimer to the audience here. What we're going to do is attempt to restrict ourselves to the agreed-upon canon, that is, events occurring within the television narrative, and we're discounting any theories or defenses offered in the spinoff comics, novelizations, and even Big Finish. Now, we are not dis counting them as stories per se, just within what we're discussing here tonight. Because I know some of these things have been, especially Big Finish, have been covered. So this is just the television canon proper. Right. So Lee, I know you have your notes along with me. Which one would you like to take first? I I wrote a bunch of things that are more or less chronological order. And it, it, just looking at it again, I realize I've got one out of place. Um, one of the very first ones is that we established from the beginning that the doctor is not Dr. Who. That's not his name. Um, we, uh, the closest we get to that is Dr. Foreman. <laughs> and, uh, he says, uh, what? Dr. Who? What are you talking about? Uh, and yet in the uh, first doctor adventure, the war machines, 
the giant computer Wotan that knows everything, refers to the Doctor as Doctor Who. Uh, huh? Okay. The idea is, I, I guess we, we can speculate about these things, right? We can sort of figure out, you know, do you have an explanation? Why, why did that machine call him Doctor Who? Because maybe the Universal Translator, excuse me, not that that's the wrong franchise, Universal Translator, that's Star <laughs> Trek, right? Yeah, but it's a it's a big concept. It's, okay, it's so the, Star the, Trek, yeah. the TARDIS translation matrix was right a little off. So what we read on screen, what was visible on screen, said Doctor Who, when in fact Wotan was really typing out some type of unknown something and saying that it did not know who the doctor was i like it i like it so what yeah. do you say get you yeah you go. no i i i like that it's a, it's a translation error it's it's like many people have pointed out over the years that um uh, according to susan the name tardis is something she made up and that creates sort of a paradox too because we find out that on gallifrey everybody calls it that um, well, a lot of people call it that. They also call it a, a type TT, the TT40 and things like that. But um, so either she created this, um, either she's not telling the truth or she started this millennia ago because <laughs> we don't know how old she is. And it, 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 it caught on. It caught on in the culture. Uh, the letters T-A-R-D-I-S for time and relative dimension and space. But the problem there is that only works in English. So why would they have called it that on Gallifrey? And again, same situation. It's That's not what they're saying at all. That's just the way it's being rendered to us so that we can understand. And our feeble little minds, we couldn't right. comprehend what it actually is, perhaps. Right. Right. It's an approximation. Mm. So you mentioned <laughs> Susan. I want to go yes. something else to Susan. You said it could have been millennia ago, and, and that's quite possible. Or it could be one day, someday in the future, that the doctor would return. One day I shall come back. But he hasn't. Thoughts. Yeah. And I guess one of the things is, he hasn't come back for her that we know of. Agreed. So that's a possibility. Um, maybe it's just a, a story that uh, for some reason we haven't experienced. But um, I don't know. Maybe he has been prevented. We, we, we know these conversations that we have later on about the doctor being, about the TARDIS being unable to cross his own timeline. Um, was that uh, something that he said before he... At this time, you know, he, he's not in control of the TARDIS when he said that. The TARDIS sort of goes wherever it wants to. And so he says, I'll come back. Maybe he, he didn't know that he can't. So, very good, very good point. I, I don't I, know. I don't know either, but I will speculate that perhaps he may not have had a conversation with Susan, but there is an episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures with the 11th Doctor, and I think it's called The Death of the Doctor. We see Katie Manning return as Joe Grant, and we see the 11th Doctor make reference to events in the end of time, part two. And he says, as I began to regenerate, spoilers, I took a basically a trip 
down memory lane and revisited all of his former companions. My mind says if he says all former companions, logically, unless you didn't consider Susan a companion, he would have gone and revisited her. We may not have Mm -hmm. seen it on screen, just like we didn't see the revisiting with Joe Grant, but it still may have occurred. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So so if I'm right about that just being something that we haven't uh, experienced, that would be that that would be the time for it. That would be when that happened. I could dig it. All right. So speaking of dig it, let's dig into this list a little bit more. Choose your next one. <laughs> well, this is kind of a biggie right now. Because um, a lot of people were saying after the end of uh, Power of the Daleks, hey, wait a minute. Since when did the uh, doctor's clothes change when he regenerates? Well, the very first time. The doctor's wearing the cravat and his cloak and and sort of the outfit that we've seen him for several episodes. He falls to the TARDIS floor in 10th Planet. When he gets up in Power of the Daleks, he has plaid pants and a tiny bow tie. And of course, he looks completely different. So why did the doctor's clothes change that time and won't again until Power of the Daleks? Or Power of the Doctor. A power of the doctor, yes, and and you know this is once I wrote that out, I thought, oh, this is this is uh, Chibnall having fun with us because that story in which uh, the doctor's clothes changed with them, that's power of the Daleks, and the mm. next time it happens is power of the doctor. <laughs> anyway, thoughts? I have a thought <laughs> that I think I've already shared, but I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. Especially, maybe not on why, so maybe I haven't shared the first time. I have a theory on the second time, but what are your theories on why in the first time? I wonder if it's something about, I I know that this is not the only time that the Doctor will regenerate inside the TARDIS, by no means, but I wonder if it's the TARDIS trying to take care of him. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It means reconstituting some matter in a way that um, it doesn't ordinarily do. But um, I don't know. I don't know. That, that's that's the best I've got is that the, the TARDIS says, oh, oh, poor thing. You know, you're going to get up and your clothes won't fit. So I'm going to give you something else. Um, I don't know. That's that's kind of a reach, but that's the best I've got. Mm. Yeah, I, it is. it is a reach, but it's no more further out of reach than anything logically that I can come up with because (laughs) we've seen doctors of different heights wear a version of their predecessor's costume. Correct. So theoretically that wouldn't hold water except for they didn't have a budget. They did have a budget. The, you know, but I'm getting into behind the scenes, not in right. canon. Right. Uh, I, I think we got to stay away from that. Right? We got to scale away from that. So I'm going to make a speculation here. And if RTD and his infinite brilliance does this, then, well, RTD. But the 14th Doctor, and I'm not going to say who plays the 14th Doctor for this purpose of anyone listening who does not know who plays the 14th Doctor, but let's assume that an upcoming villain from the 60th anniversary is responsible for the 14th doctor's 
costume along with regeneration, yeah, perhaps because the pants are also plaid, that if there's a nod to I attempted to do this once before or I did this once before and I forced or I had a hand in your regeneration or something, just a nod to that first from first doctor to second doctor keeping uh-huh. the clothes, that would be really cool. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Or if the 14th doctor said something to the effect of, you know, he's asked his questions and now he's further speculating and saying, this hasn't happened since, you know, the blah, blah, blah at the 10th planet uh-huh. or, you know, perhaps. Yep. <laughs> All right, Mr. Shackleford, next one up. Go for it. Yeah, well, again, this is this is a big one about which there has been much speculation. Um, in in some way, it could just be extremely simple. It is exactly what it looks like. Or this, I still think this is a mystery. At the end of War Games, the second Doctor is forced to regenerate, and we have always assumed, in the absence of other data, that the end of that process is what we see near the beginning of Spearhead from Space to introduce the third doctor, but it does not happen. We don't get to see it happen. And since we didn't see it happen, were there other doctors in between? And I say that the, the Occam's razor answer is no, because they not only said, we're going to force you to take on a new face and form, but also that you're going to be exiled to earth. And so that's immediately what happens in spearhead from space. So it really does look like that's, you know, that is just what it looks like. But, but, what do you think? Uh, do we just call John Pertwee's doctor the third doctor because that's all we know? Or is he, are there lots of other doctors? And see, there becomes the catch-22 because part of that mystery that Chibnall introduced makes me even question when you say third doctor, my thought is, well, it doesn't matter how many were between two and three, because there may be 23 before one or more or 2300. We don't know. 230, 230 squared. We don't know. (laughs) Well, and as as Clarence said, just, I don't know, on, on a recent episode, Maybe we should just drop the numbers entirely. <laughs> and I said, well, they, I think they only exist for, you know, if you're collecting the action figures. Because, yeah, um, our numbering may just be uh, an illusion. Um, mm-hmm. Although I think there is good canonical reason to believe that the first doctor we saw is, this is the first doctor... Um, the, 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 the regeneration that we see in 10th planet, that's the first time that's happened to him. All right. So let me ask you a question. And, and this is spinning out literally into Mm. something that we have talked about before, but I don't think I have ever asked it as I am about to ask this question. Now, (laughs) at the end of the day, all dust has settled. Are you happy that the timeless child concept was introduced. Yes or no? No. Okay. I am no as well. So let me ask this in another way. I'm going to give you a scenario (laughs) and I want you to tell me if that would change your no to a yes. Had Chris Chibnall wrote the timeless child story 
in a way that Tecteon actually found a male child on the same place that she found the child. She raises the child, and the child grows up to be the first doctor. And between the child, or between the second and the third regeneration, the child or the doctor went and joined division and had five, 500, 5,000, however many regenerations. And then (laughs) at the end is regenerated into the third doctor as we know him. Would you change your yes, I mean, no to a yes in that scenario, or would you keep it as a no? No, I'd, I'd buy that. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 no, I think that's a, that's a really good question because I think I just like the fact that that would um, stick back to our, to what we've always known in the past. Uh, also, if it involved, um, uh, I forget what the secret organization is called. You, you just said the division. Um, the division. Um, it would make sense that if somebody was being uh, retired from division and you know going to be go back to your your own timeline, that they'd wipe your memory. Right. Agreed. And I know we're saying we're keeping this canon, but exiting canon for just a moment, I think a lot of hardcore, especially classic fans that could not accept the timeless child had that problem with it mainly or in part because it felt like you were being irreverent to William Hartnell's doctor as the first doctor. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. Well, and they just objected to the, um, to the disturbance of Canon because in the very second story, right? The second story that we've seen adventures of, uh, the doctor and companions, they land on prehistoric Earth, and once they're outside the TARDIS, the Doctor looks back and says, it's still a police box. He's surprised. That means something's broken, because it should have turned into something that blended with the landscape, and it didn't. So that's a that's a historic moment for us. Um, the chameleon circuit is broken. We, we're not even calling it that yet. Um, but the fugitive Doctor's TARDIS looks like a police box. So and she knows it looks like a police box. She knows it looks like yes. a police box, right. So it, it, if if her place in the numbering is before one, I don't buy it. If it's between two and three, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And I know we've said it on this podcast before. We don't have a problem with adding in mystery doctors. We sometimes... Open arm, accept them, hence War Doctor. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, but moving on, take well, us it, to our next one. Yeah, it, it that actually ties perfectly into this this thing about how old is the Doctor because um, the there's been an attempt to create a, a strict numbering system for how many years he's been alive. and But some of it contradicts itself. And one of them is... Um, in um, Doctor Who and the Silurians, the third Doctor tells Liz Shaw that his life has covered several thousand years. Covers is the wiggle word there. Does it mean that he's been back and forth across thousands of years of time? And, you know, eventually the Doctor will go to the dawn of time and the end of the universe. So, you know, 
But uh, perhaps at this point in his career, he's been back and forth across thousands of years. So maybe that's what it means. But later in that story, he tells somebody else and he gets interrupted. But they say, you know, well, I know what I'm doing. I'm a scientist. And he says, well, I've been a scientist for several thousand. But he and doesn't get stopped. to finish the sentence. Yeah. So is the doctor several thousand years old at this point? It That doesn't make sense with the chronology that that will be established in the rest of the series. You know, the fourth doctor will famously say that he's 749. Mm, but that's just barely middle age. That's just, yeah. Life doesn't begin until. But if there were lots of other lives, well, I don't know. See, the problem there is the, the, the other lives in between um, and then the doctor getting their memory wiped, that would not account for why he now claims that he's been around for several thousand years. Um, because he wouldn't know that. Hmm. Mm. So I have two possible explanations for you. The first is if we go with the timeless child and not try to retcon the timeless child, but take it as we know it to be, yeah. we could speculate that the memory wipe conditioning was not absolute and that could have been some of his previous or their previous experiences or knowledge bleeding into the narrative yeah. maybe that that is one way of looking at it to mm -hmm. make that make sense or we could take the person the writer the showrunner who monopolized pun intended the explanation carte blanche, I will call it, the get out of jail free card and saying, <laughs> rule number one, the doctor lies. Doctor lies. Yeah. And um, in, in researching some of this to make sure I had the episodes right, I found a uh, one of the one of the prose stories that has the doctor answer this question by saying, uh, don't never ask a time lord how old they are because they'll always lie. <laughs> um, but uh, and that is that's outside of canon. But I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But but moving, you know, we're, we're going to take this as at face value. The doctor is either thousands and thousands of years old or the doctor lies or whatever. Take it at face, you know, take it by the hand, take it at face value <laughs> and let's move into the next one. So what's our next one, Mr. Shackelford? Well, the next one sort of chronologically that I that I've always wondered about is in robot sarah jane smith sees the third doctor get up off the floor as the fourth and they are together traveling in the tardis until hand of fear she leaves and the very next thing that we see of the doctor is face of evil where the doctor's landed on the planet mordi and he meets uh leela and the tribe of the Sevateem and uh the great god zoanan and all of that stuff and part of that adventure is that he is surprised by a Mount Rushmore scale carving of his face, the fourth doctor's face. And he is astonished by this. And it turns out that that's because he's been there before. And the rest of the story depends on the fact that this, the doctor did something that he doesn't remember. Um, when did he have time to do that? Indeed. Good point. But, you know, being a time traveler, we, we, have, we have seen doctors frequently, time lords, frequently uh, 
return from a long uh, voyage the instant after they left. Mm. So, and we don't know that Sarah was with him literally every minute for all that time. For that matter, in Robot, when he's going in and out of the TARDIS changing outfits, he could have gone on an adventure between outfits. That is actually the explanation that I've heard put forward for this, that he, the, the TARDIS um, starts up and Sarah says, you can't just leave. And then it shuts down and he comes back out and says, why not? So did he go somewhere in that split second? Mm. And he is just post-regenerative. So, you know, what that does to um, his head so that would also, in fact, help to explain why he doesn't remember Zoannon. Mm, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've forgotten who first put forward that theory, but it, it does really sort of close up the gaps. Ooh, 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 ooh. I've got, oh, this just came to me. I like this. Okay, tell me what you think <laughs> of this. So I believe that the caretaker, well, we're not we're not using books, but I believe that the caretaker is a future incarnation of the doctor. And if that is true, the caretaker tells the doctor that in the years to come, you might find yourself revisiting a few, but just the old favorites. We assume that, that he means that this face that he is now wearing is the old favorite of the fourth incarnation. However, we could also speculate that the fourth incarnation is a bleed over of remembering a previous face that he had during division. And that mm -hmm. was the incarnation that was on the Mount Rushmore thingy. Oh, interesting. So um, the doctor has looked like Tom Baker multiple More than times. Once, yes. There it. Ah, uh, yeah. It's I'm liking it. Unlikely, well, but it's an explanation. Well, let me skip ahead to to um uh, another uh, puzzle. Um, this is taking it out of chronological order, but in the anniversary special called the Five Doctors, the third Doctor says something to Sarah Jane about his next incarnation. And he uses the expression, all teeth and curls. And that's, that's a smile for us in the audience. But at that point, the third doctor has not encountered the fourth doctor. Mm. He will, before the story's over, meet the fifth. But how could he possibly describe him so accurately? Um, and I made a note that uh, Bose Harrington, writing for the online magazine Nerdist, postulates that Time Lords, or at least the one we know best, are kind of like Russian nesting dolls with all their po their possible lives living inside themselves waiting to come out. Um, and that would, that would support your idea that what we call the Fourth Doctor could have turned up several different times. Indeed. But what do you think? How, what, what do you think is a good explanation? Well, I rather like that uh, because... It would support the things that the caretaker says to the 11th doctor, and it will help to explain why um, 
when the master takes over the doctor's body, he ends up with parts of past doctor's trademark outfits, favorite outfits, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if that's somehow all part of them as well. Um, and I'm leading towards 13 turning into 14, who astonishingly resembles 10. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know. Maybe there is inside a Time Lord this potential to be certain, to to wear a certain external persona, and um, and those can kind of fluctuate in and out. Hmm. Because one of the other things I wanted to bring up was that in I got to look back. Destiny the Daleks, Romana, the first Romana, regenerates into a new Romana, and she tries on several bodies. It's sort of she comes to the doctor and says, "What do you think of this?" Um, and it doesn't cause her any pain, and there's no fireworks involved. It's just is apparently something that she she can do with casual grace and apparently under her own control so um maybe that's about gender maybe it's just easier for well if gender is fluid for time lords too i don't know anyway (laughs) strike that theory but maybe that's something that you go to school to learn how to do in the fourth and our our doctor just never learned how to do it good point Um, but let's go back um, to the third and the fourth for a moment i have a question i think i know the answer Mm. but i think but i want to ask a question in sarah's timeline when we see her in the five doctors this is after her return even after k9 and company meaning she's already traveled with both third and fourth and has been returned post hand of fear when we see her in the 20th anniversary right right Right. Okay. So we have established in canon that the doctor himself is telepathic, correct? Uh, true. Okay. True, true. So when Ooh. the doctor encounters Sarah Jane, the third doctor, in the five doctors, he t- maybe just surfaced when she said something about his face. He picks up the image from her mind of the all teeth and curls. Then since Sarah was present with the third doctor in her own timeline, in his own timeline later, when he regenerates into the third, uh, from the third to the fourth, once again, picks up the, idea of the all teeth and curls or whatever from Sarah as he's regenerating. And that is how he influenced his own face. I like it. Or let me go one step further. Mm. That all teeth and curls reminds him, if we want to go back to my previous thing about the uh, thing with Mount Rushmore image, he picks up That teeth and curls sees that image that implants in his mind. And that's what he uses again, if that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Because we do know that the doctor hearing a description of a face can influence his next or her next regeneration. Yes. What we what we know of as the 12th doctor is he looks exactly like somebody that he had met before. Um, The what sixth doctor 
Mm-hmm. Look, looks like somebody that he has seen before. But see, uh, remember, else, with know. the 11th Doctor, he even has a conversation with Clara asking for descriptions. Please tell me I didn't get old. Anything but old. Is he gray? All mm-hmm. of these questions, putting that description in his mind right before he regenerates. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like it. I, I think the, 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 the telepathic aspect uh, helps to make that make a lot more sense. But um, speaking yeah. of things that make sense, let's go instead <laughs> to one that doesn't makes sense. Clarence has said it doesn't make sense. You've said it doesn't make sense. I say it doesn't make sense. Watch out because the Watcher is here and we're not talking about the Watcher from Marvel MCU or Marvel Comics. We're talking about the ghosty, pasty figure that's following around in uh, Castrovalva. No, wait. Legopolis. Legopolis. And then, yeah... And um, my snarky note was that I like to refer to the Watcher as WTF, which, of course, stands for Who Transitions to Five. (laughs) Um, That's a good one. But yeah, why have we never seen the Watcher before? Why is it necessary this time? Apparently, we see the Doctor talking to the Watcher at one point. Um, And then during the regeneration, somebody says he was the Doctor all along. Well, how do we know that? Why do we think that? And why don't we ever see that happen again? What what was that all about? It is, it is one of the great unexplained mysteries of Doctor Who. And it is above my thinking grade, so I'm going to point that to you. <laughs> Explain! Uh, Explain! Sure, sure, cowardice. No, I, I, I got nothing. I, I... The Doctor lived in this body for a long time um, and has a peculiar relationship with the other Time Lords. Um, I mean, he he is technically Lord President of Gallifrey at this point. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. this is something you get if the circumstances are right. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see here. Let me speculate for a moment. Ah, all right. So before, in the minutes before the fifth doctor's regeneration, the division, he is taken away by the weeping angels who we Ooh. know work for the division. He was, spirited away in the exact between moments between regenerations and he is taken away to do some type of division work and he returns but for whatever reason because of whatever was going on he is unable to immediately resync with reality because he was between realities with division. And that's why the fifth doctor looks as looks like the watcher. And then he rejoins and sinks back up with his true self right at the moment of regeneration. And that's what we see. 
That would help to explain why that entity is called the Watcher. Mm, I um, like that too. Because if if it's been sort of sent ahead to 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 take care of the Doctor's next regeneration, then really its principal job is to keep its eyes open. Bingo. Uh, or is his principal job to make him die so that he can regenerate? Right. <laughs> Move over, buddy. All right. So where do you want to go next? You know, I don't want to put you, you know, on the witness stand here, but where do you want to go next? <laughs> well, yes. Let's talk about the trial of time, Lord, because um, the sixth doctor finds out that he has a, an adversary um, called the Valyard, who manages to get the doctor uh, on Gallifrey and being put on trial by the High Council of Time Lords. And if found guilty, the sentence could be death. Uh, so we, what, what is the Valyard's hang-up about the Doctor? At the end of this story, we're going to find out that the, the Valyard is very likely, I think, I haven't watched it in a long time, but that he somehow is the Doctor? Huh? Yeah, I think they, I think... That it is revealed right before, and we need to review this one day. We need to, mm. you know, watch the entirety of Trial of the Time Lord and review yeah. it in a in a special something something. Maybe we could do that in twenty twenty three. That's that right. being said, with the Valley Yard, I'm going to make a speculation, and I'm going to thank Chris Chipnell again for it. So we know that the timeless child wasn't immediately referred to as the doctor, but at some point they were given the name, the doctor, assumingly, or I assume when joining division. What if the Valiard is at, and let's still keep the 12, let's say the Valiard is the, person that was the incarnation between the 12th and final regeneration of that cycle that he was first referred to as the doctor. Maybe that's, that's the best explanation I've heard, you know, to date. Um, I, 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 one of my big hopes here is that people listening to this will say, no, 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 no. And will write or call us and, yes. and say, uh, look, here's what really happened. Cause, uh, yeah, I really want to hear from people, uh, about that. Um, yeah, I got, I got nothing about uh, the Valyard and, and to make matters worse, it's during trial of a time Lord that Perry either dies or, uh, goes off to marry King Irkanos, kind of with no warning. Um, so what? What? Where? Where is Perry? I liked her. Could we? Could we please know if she has a slug brain in her skull or if she's run off with Brian Blessed? I, hmm. I, I just, I. Either way, what? <laughs> So now are we include? Now this would be external media if it was shown introducing a box set, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So we're not going to refer to that. So <laughs> I have no idea other than that, uh, you know, 
case in point, it's been so long since I've seen Trial of a Time Lord, to be perfectly yeah. honest, that those two stories, I that's why I'm saying I want to view this again. I don't yeah. remember them. I, I feel like uh, uh, Dave Cooper is one of those people who's, who's got some thoughts about uh, what goes on in Trial of a Time Lord, because uh, I know that uh, he's been on shows where they've talked about it before, but... Um... So I don't know. It, it, skipping on, getting back to this thing about how old the Doctor is, um, this is one that really gives us trouble. In um, uh, the, the, what is it, Time in the Ronnie? The Seventh Doctor opens the Ronnie's combination lock with the number 953, which he says is a good guess, and it works, because that is his age and hers too. Mm. So, unless he's just being funny... And the Seventh Doctor could just be funny. But yeah, he's establishing his age at this point as 953. And fans of New Who will understand why that's a problem. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So when did, whose age did they reveal first? The Ronnie's as 953 are his. Do you remember? The way I remember the line is... Uh, um, you know, I knew it would be a good guess because that's my age and hers too. Mm. But but I could be wrong. Could be wrong. I'm going to go back with that. Get out of jail free. He <laughs> knows that it's her age, but doesn't want to say that he's younger than her. Maybe that's Ooh, yeah. not a good explanation. But that's all I've got. <laughs> Well, mm. well, tell me about this one. The Eighth Doctor shocked the world. And and frankly, this is one of the reasons why I turned my back on the TV movie, you know, when it aired. I just like, oh, for heaven's sake, this isn't Doctor Who. Because he says that he is half human on his mother's side. And many of us in the audience said, wah, mm. wah, that's, that's Mr. Spock. Don't, don't mm. steal steal from other IPs. And there's no explanation for it. You know, he's half mm. human on his mother's side. Um, now maybe the get out of jail free card here for this one is that he is still uh, recently regenerated. Okay. Um, it would also explain why he kisses one of his companions on the lips for the first time, ever, 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 and um, obviously. We'll see a lot of that in the future, <laughs> but um, it had never happened before uh, before the TV movie. So I am just beating this horse called the Timeless Child left, right, yeah. center. Because let me say this: we don't know what a human or what constitutes as a human in the no. universe that the Timeless Child comes from. That said half human on the mother's side may be perfectly acceptable in the timeless child universe as maybe all humans can regenerate. Well, no, I, I like that, that you keep reaching back for that because it sort of supports our, our, um, our playful thesis here that maybe Chris Chibnall has really done us a lot of favors here with this thing, because a lot of these mysteries do start to make more sense. If there is, if the doctor is a lot older than we have previously thought. Mm. But uh, there is some canon, though, that I think it breaks. 
And I'm going to give you an example. Hmm. In the end of time, part one and part two, we saw a woman who is referred to as the woman in white. That's how we've come to refer to her over the years. There was speculation as to her identity. Some people thought mother. Some people thought Susan. Some people thought somebody else. Maybe an older river, I think. Or Romana. Right. Does, Does Timeless Child break the woman in white, or is she still intact? Well... Um, now that I've said it, I'm thinking about um, wh- how little we know about the the whole phenomenon of the Watcher. Maybe, uh, maybe that's the kind of entity that the woman in white was. Mm-hmm. Okay, something that shows up for Time Lords or some man of some aspect of themselves. It's a projection of some kind, that uh, astral projection that. Um, turns up in times of intense crisis, like end of time one and two, you know, Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But you, you remember that one of the things that was provocative about that was, is that they, um, were shown, they were depicted with, uh, at first with their hands over their eyes. Yes, indeed. Like the weeping angels of old. Exactly. And I, I think a, a lot of us, and, and yeah, we'll add this to our list. A lot of us said, so are they, wait a minute, are the Weeping Angels Time Lords? Are they um, Time Lords who have fallen from grace, as it were? You know, are they, are they former Time Lords <laughs> who have been cursed, punished, something? Uh, yeah, that's a big one, really. We just don't know. And we got no explanation about the woman in white. Mm. So I'm going to take one that I had originally put on our list, remove it, but put another item really quick in here that's not a dangling plot thread, but on the idea of does it break in the time of the doctor when the doctor is given his next cycle of regenerations in that sky opening sequence. Yeah. Does the timeless child does this mystery adding back the mystery break that yeah it kind of does because we we've been told that a, a time lord can regenerate 12 times and we've used them up and and that means that our numbering system as we've understood it has to be the correct one because the Time Lords respond to it and the Doctor believes it. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe everybody's wrong. <laughs> or maybe it still occurs exactly as we saw it, but but it fundamentally changes that scene. And what I mean by that is mm. the idea of the scene still happens. The events still happen. Right. But the purpose behind it goes from the Time Lords listening to Clara and then acting on those words in an altruistic fashion, it becomes yeah. then, let me trick you into thinking that we've given you more to cover up what you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know, right. And, and that that I don't like. Yeah. And you know, I, I we brought this up before, is that if we have to accept... Um, 
the Night of the Doctor as canon. Mm-hmm. And I think we, I think we do. Um, and and we're happy to do. We're happy to I do. Am. Yeah. Because we know that somehow we got from the Eighth Doctor to the War Doctor. So this just demonstrates how. But uh, the Doctor isn't dying. He's dead. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, the Sisterhood of Karn give him a new life. Uh, I would say the same thing about um, Let's Kill Hitler, that the Doctor is dead. Mm-hmm. And River gives him the rest of her regenerations uh, to bring him back, which helps to explain why she can be dead in episodes that we'd seen earlier. <laughs> so at least that was that was somebody uh, taking the effort to tie off some a, a, a plot hole or uh, a loose thread. Um, but do, does this change his number of available regenerations that he's that on two occasions uh, he's been dead? But have you noticed something? And I I just noticed it now as you were talking. You know, mm. there is reference over and over and over to Chibnall being a fan of classic Who. They never make reference really to Chibnall being a fan of new Who. Mm. All the mm-hmm. things, <clears throat> excuse me, all the things that we have speculated up until the woman in white to which we start breaking things are us using his timeless child or using some of the things that he's done to explain classic plot holes. Mm -hmm. But in 2005 forward, I find it quite interesting that now they are breaking instead of fixing. We can't explain the woman in white. We can't, you know, the, the time of the doctor, it breaks that thoughts. Yeah, that's a really good point, because uh, I know one of the things we wanted to talk about was uh, after Flux, uh, in in the events of Flux, the whole universe is being destroyed, and we're able to head it off at the end, but how, is it the universe a lot smaller now? <laughs> um, you know, and we, we just haven't addressed that. So, yeah, I mean, Timeless Child doesn't explain that. No, it doesn't. It, the swarm azure doesn't. The flux doesn't, other than the fact that we know the flux allegedly destroyed what, what two thirds of the universe or the whatever. Yeah. And let's take it one step further. One of the things that when we watched The Vanquishers that really got us going and that we really, 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 one more really, really didn't like was the fact (laughs) that the doctor seemed to commit genocide. Wholesale genocide of three races. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The doctor, yeah, our hero is the, is the, uh, uh, the mass murderer of all world, all, you know, history. Um, Wow. Yeah. If we are to understand that she really did figure out how to destroy the Cybermen, the Daleks, and the Suntarans, all of them. Um, but then here in the Power of the Doctor, you know, the Cybermen and Daleks are back again. So kind of wrap this up and put a positive spin on it, which actually I think we've been very positive. Yeah. Um, no, I- you know, throughout the entirety. But my positive spin that I want to 
put on it is I want to have a conversation with our friend Shannon Perry, who has recently binged the majority of Chibnall's run fresh, yes. meaning haven't seen it since like series 11. So she's seen series 12, series 13. I want to talk to her to get a fresh perspective because she's seeming to enjoy Chibnall a lot more than we did. So I'm curious to know what she thinks, but I have yeah. one final question for us. And my final question for us is looking to the future. And this isn't a plot thread because it hasn't happened yet, but do we anticipate we keep re referencing timeless child. Do we mm. anticipate out of sight, out of mind or do we think that RTD will address Timeless Child in any fashion? What is your thought? I really, I hope so. I hope that he does. Um, he could just walk away and pretend like it didn't happen. But um, we know that it did. You know, I don't know. It's something that, that Chibnall did and, and uh, Russell Davis, can he can undo it. Uh, or double down on it. It it really is his uh, his game to play right now, and I I have no idea. But I, I I hope that he does. How about you? I hope he does too. You know, I would rather it be resolved in some way, either you know firmly making it canonical, or you know I think we speculated in a previous review that we did. And I may have been the one that said it as to have done something to made it okay with canon. You know, like, mm -hmm. I don't know how, but I remember one of the things we didn't like was getting your memories back and throwing them down a well after you get them. You know, saying, I only want to come back to them unless I really want them. You know, we didn't like that. Push, maybe yeah. have the memories return and maybe do something like that. Maybe do a spinoff series where you see different uh, doctors or explore mm -hmm. different versions of the doctor. I don't know. I just, I just <laughs> am curious to what's going to happen. You know. Yeah, yeah. It adds to the excitement about the upcoming season, doesn't it? <laughs> it does indeed. It does indeed. So for everyone listening, thank you for joining us. We have had fun. We've missed Clarence, but we have had fun. Let us know what you think. Do you agree with the, some of the things that we said? Do you disagree? Reach out on Facebook at Discussing Who, on Twitter and all social media. You can reach out to us at Discussing Who. Mr. Shackelford, as always, thank you very much. Thank you. And for everyone listening, thank you for listening. And as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.